You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 373, What is Your World View? You know, a worldview is something that we often don't think about because we're, we're just not conscious of the fact that we all have one. It really comes out and is very clear when we talk about subjects that are hot-button items like religion or politics or, or something else. That's kind of when we, we really let our worldview become known and we realize that we have very strong opinions about something or we view the world in a certain way. But as I said, everybody has a worldview. It's the lens that you view everything through, really. You view your life through, you view society through your own particular worldview. Now, I'm going to give you a few more words, some synonyms, to kind of help you understand what we're talking about when we're talking about a particular worldview. Ideology. Do you have a particular ideology that is, is, it helps you see life and helps you navigate through life. A mindset. You know, some people talk about having a, a conservative mindset or a uh, liberal mindset or, uh, you know, whatever it might be, but we have a certain mindset uh, about life, about issues, about how we live our lives. Uh, a value system. What are your values? Do they fluctuate? Um, Are your values set in stone? We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but what are your particular values? What is the value system um, that you live by? Usually it's something that our our parents, our families kind of helped ingrain in us, a, a, a system of values that we live life by, things that we value, things that we don't value. It's a way of thinking. How do you think about life? Are you a more emotional person or are you more logical person. That comes into play when we're talking about our worldview. What about presuppositions? Do you have certain presuppositions about the world around you? We all do, and, and, and it's not necessarily that they're good or bad. It's just understanding that we have them, and they're going to affect the way we view life. Do you have a broad worldview, or do you have a narrow worldview? Again, it's not that it's Right or wrong, it's just understanding the way we work. Um, You know, there was a a particular study done a couple of years ago by the Barna Group. And if you're not familiar with the Barna Group, they're an organization that studies trends in religion, uh, Christianity especially, and trends that are taking place within local churches. They, they do incredible work. They, they really do all these great studies to kind of let us know what the state uh, of Christianity is in the world today. And they did one a couple of years ago, and the, the, the article that this came out of 
is called We're Experiencing Another Reformation and Not in a Good Way. You know, if you've studied history, you know the Reformation actually changed the world in the 1500s when Martin Luther and uh, those other great leaders uh, led the church into a Reformation which really altered society in many ways. But after doing their, their study, after surveying uh, churches and Christians, listen to what George Barna had to say. He said, while the survey cannot determine if churches are failing to teach biblical truth or whether congregants are exposed to such teaching but rejecting it, the bottom line is that we are a society that has strayed far from the path of biblical truth. Now, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, I think we can agree on this. Whether you're, you consider yourself religious or not religious, I think we can agree on this. We're not the Judeo-Christian nation that we were 30, 40, 50, even 100 years ago. Our values as a society have shifted. And so he says that. He says we're a society that has strayed far from the path of biblical truth. Then he goes on to say, it certainly seems as if the culture is influencing the church more than the church is influencing the culture. Listen to that again. It certainly seems as if the culture is influencing the church more than the church is influencing the culture. That's not a good thing if you're a person of faith. Barna goes on to say that only about 5% of Americans have a Christian world view. These are Christians and non-Christians alike, because even some folks who would say they might not be a Christian or they don't consider themselves very religious might see the world through the lens uh, of a Judeo, have a Judeo-Christian ethic. But he says only 5% of Americans have a Christian worldview. He said, sadly, that number only jumps up to about 10% for Christians. So only 10% of Christians in Barna's studies, only 10% of people who would call themselves followers of Christ have a Christian world view. This is crazy. And this isn't just about our personal beliefs in God, whether or not you go to church, whether or not you'd say you have a relationship with Jesus or what you believe about the Bible. Is it God's Word or is it? It's much bigger than that. It's really how we view life and how we view the world. One example, um, just of kind of the dichotomy that we're living in today, is, um, you know, during the, the political season that, that we're in right now, there's a particular candidate in my state who's running on the platform as being a pro-abortion pastor. I don't even know how that works. I can't even wrap my head around the fact of someone who says that they're a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and yet they're pro-abortion. Um, if you're pro-abortion, that's, that's, that's between you and God. But for someone who's a pastor, a minister of the gospel, to say that they're pro-abortion, I, I can't wrap my head around it. In fact, most of the Christians that I interact with, they just kind of shake their heads and go, what, what does this even mean? I don't even think that's possible. So remember, we're not just talking about our own personal beliefs. We're talking about how we view society. What is the lens that you view society through? Don't go away. We'll be right back 
wanted to let you know that this episode of Leading and Learning is brought to you by my book, Reflections on the Resurrection. You know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ is easily the most important event in history. Without the resurrection, the physical bodily resurrection of Jesus from the dead, Christianity ceases to exist. It's nothing more than a hoax that's been perpetrated for 2,000 years. That's why the resurrection is so important. So in my book, Reflections on the Resurrection, we look at evidence against the resurrection. We look at evidence for the resurrection, but we do much more than that. It's it's not just apologetic in the sense of, of defending the historicity of the resurrection. It's also educational and it's devotional because we want to understand the power and significance of Jesus' resurrection in my life today. Because Jesus is alive, I have hope of eternal life as well. So check out Reflections on the Resurrection. It's perfect for personal Bible study as well as small group study. I know you'll love it. All right, well, we're going to, we will continue this next week, but a couple of things I want to kind of wrap up today with is I want to give you some contrast. Some we're, we're, we're talking about a worldview, but uh, you know, bottom line is, is, as a Christian, I have a Christian worldview. So we're looking um, at what does that Christian worldview look like, and we'll explore that in, in, in greater detail next week. But today, as we kind of begin to wind down a bit, I want to give you three opposing worldviews. These are three opposing worldviews that stand firmly against what Christianity believes. And it might help to discuss these because then you'll have a better idea of what the, the what Christianity is dealing with. And also by understanding um, these, it'll help you to see the importance of having that Christian worldview. The, the first one is relativism. Relativism. Relativism has, has just become an accepted philosophy and worldview in our society. In relativism, there are no moral absolutes. God has been removed from society. And because God has been removed from society, there are no moral absolutes. Maybe it's okay for you to have a relationship outside of your marriage. There's nothing to say you can or you can't. Now, most people who subscribe to this say that you know it, it can't be something that hurts another person, but and that sounds nice. But the reality is, if there are no more absolute moral absolutes, it really doesn't matter. Um, there's no consequences for our actions, especially eternally. Uh, there may be consequences here, but you can live the way you want to live. There are no moral absolutes. The Ten Commandments really become the Ten Suggestions. Um, they really don't mean anything anymore. And so relativism um, kind of comes down to, you know, what's good for you uh, might not be good for me. This is your truth. This is my truth. Um, it might be okay to steal. It might be okay to commit adultery. Uh, you know, whatever. There's no real absolute. So relativism is really a very common and accepted worldview in the Western world. Number two is this worldview that just says, I'm going to pursue pleasure. You know, you can't um, escape this, you know, if you're listening to music, if you're listening to secular music, if you're watching movies, TV, whatever. The the idea, the emphasis seems to be, hey, follow your heart. Let your emotions guide you. 
Listen to your feelings. Do whatever makes you feel good. Pursue pleasure. That's the end all, this hedonistic uh, idea that nothing's really more important than just living a happy life full of pleasure. And, you know, let's be fair. In a sense, that's a big part of the American lifestyle is pursuing pleasure, pursuing pleasure. But at the expense of what? You know, Jesus said, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his soul? Whenever I read that verse, you know, when Jesus said that, he's talking to his disciples. He was calling people to follow him. And he said, what does it profit a man if they gain the whole world but lose their soul? And yet today we've got people that are willingly selling their souls for pleasure. So pursuit of pleasure is is a worldview that so many people go after. And then the third one is universalism. Universalism. Um, as we've said, Christianity, the Christian, Judeo-Christian ethic worldview that was so prevalent years ago as I was growing up really doesn't exist today. Um, it's not to say that people don't hold to it, but as far as a society, we've drifted very far from it. But one of the ones that's one of the worldviews that has kind of stepped in to take its place is this idea of universalism. It doesn't matter what you believe. All religion is the same. Uh, all truth is, 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 is the same. Um, there are many different ways to God. You know, the Muslims, the Christians, the Jews, the Hindus, pick your religion. They're all seeking after the same thing and pursuing the same God. So it really doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere, um, you know, you're going to find your way to God, and 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 He's going to bless you in the, the the next life. Universalism. The problem with universalism is it completely stands firmly against Christianity. Christianity, and when you find when you hear Christians, and occasionally you'll hear this on the more liberal um, fringes of the church, the more liberal liberal fringes of theology and Christianity. They try and make liberalism, they try to make universalism work. But the reality is, Jesus said, John 14, he said, I am the way, the way. I am the truth, the truth. I am the life, the life. He goes on to say, no one can come to the Father except through me. In other words, no one can get to God, no one can access God except through me. And of course, this opens Christianity up to the idea of you're you're bigoted, you're you're you know exclusive. You're you're saying that you know people are going to go to hell because they don't believe like you. We're not saying it. We're, we're just believing what Jesus said. And I'm not going to try and defend Jesus's words. I believe Jesus was the Son of God. We talked about in my book, Resurrection Reflections on the Resurrection. If Jesus rose from the dead. Um, there's no reason to doubt what he said. Uh, if he said he was the only way to God, and then he was crucified and, and raised from the dead after predicting it would happen, I, I'll, I'll tend to go with that guy. And so, is this offensive? Absolutely. The truth can be offensive. That doesn't mean Christians have to be offensive, but the truth can definitely be offensive when you tell people that the way they're going, the path that they're choosing, is the wrong 
path. We can do it nicely. We can do it lovingly. We can try and point them back to Jesus, but ultimately no one wants to be told they're on the the wrong path. So these three ideas, these three opposing worldviews, relativism, pursuit of pleasure, and universalism, um, really are are at odds with the whole Judeo-Christian worldview which we're talking about and which we'll continue talking about next time. So I'm going to wrap it up here. If you have any questions or thoughts, make sure you go to davidspell.com, leave your question or comment in the comment section for today's post. Make sure you check out Reflections on the Resurrection because I know you really will love it. And make sure you tune in next week because we're going to continue to talk about the importance of having the right world view. So this is David Spell. Thanks for being with me. We'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.